listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonçalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 6th of October 2022 from the SBS newsroom. Uh, later, what are we importing from China? But first, to the Australian share market, because while the market only finished up marginally, the ASX 200 uh, increasing by z- just 0.03%, 6,817, there were some interesting moves and it follows OPEC Plus's decision to cut global oil production a bit more than expected. For more, I spoke earlier with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Henry, let's start with OPEC, overnight reducing output by 2 million barrels per day. How has that played out on the markets? Well, it's a bit of a surprise. There was talk they were going to raise output, well, cut output by a million barrels a day, but 2 million was a little left field. They had been leaking it a little bit before the meeting. First meeting in person since uh, 2020. So it was a bit of a a rare meeting of minds, but it certainly has helped the oil price go higher. And the Nigerian oil minister also said that they really want the oil price to be above $90 US to ensure stability in producing countries and also to encourage investment in fossil fuels and oil generally. So it looks as if oil is going to head a little bit higher. And of course, that does place more uh, pressure on inflation again, which was just starting to see the effects of oil price coming off. But uh, now we're getting back into that higher oil price. And, of course, we've got Northern Hemisphere winter coming as well. So there's a lot going on in the oil market at the moment, and it's pretty significant in terms of inflation and Federal Reserve rates as well. At the same time, we're seeing some energy and new energy plays hit new highs. So the likes of Whitehaven Coal, New Hope and Pilbara. What's the theme here? I guess the theme is uh, is the fact that if oil prices continue to push higher, then we will continue to look for alternates and lithium of course plays into that and there is still you know a massive tailwind behind the lithium sector at the moment pilbara is just going absolutely bananas in pilbara minerals and the coal stocks have just become a license to print money as well at the moment especially as europe searches for alternates to uh, very expensive gas and goes back to old school fossil fuel and coal uh, we've even got talk in the UK of them reopening some of the coal mines there. So coal very much back in fashion and prices keep going higher. Whitehaven, New Hope and some of its competitors very much the beneficiary of that because of this elevated coal price. And it doesn't look as if it's showing any signs of stopping anytime soon. As you mentioned a few seconds ago, this increase in the oil price has reignited further fears of uh, more inflation coming through as a result, just at a time when there were some signs that we may have seen a peak in inflation. So are analysts still concerned about the potential of a global recession if interest rates do continue to rise? Well, they certainly are. Of course, we've had a big rally this week in uh, equity markets, first in our market, then the US markets. And it has really been predicated on the sort of the changing in the force, if you like, that maybe the rhetoric was changing a little bit about the Federal Reserve and other reserve banks and central banks around the world, slightly tempering the rate in which we see these interest rates climbing. But having said that, a lot of Fed chiefs this week have been out and about saying, well, you know, nothing has really changed. And uh, we're also, as you say, seeing this oil price feeding into inflation. The U.S. economy is still going pretty well as well in terms of jobs numbers, although we do get some more jobs numbers on Friday from them. And our own economy going pretty well as well. We've seen retail sales going well and even car sales yesterday came out showing that uh, 
there's still a lot of money being spent in the economy. So the pressures are very much still there on the inflation front, that's for sure. So whether the uh, central banks have pivoted or not is a bit of a moot point at the moment. And just finally, back on on our market, uh, what other corporate stories are you looking at today? Well, I guess there's uh, there's probably three major ones today. Star Entertainment Group and their Queensland licence under threat, uh, following the inquiry there. The other one is Appen, which used to be a market darling and responsible for providing a lot of artificial intelligence data to uh, social media companies and other technology companies, and has been under serious pressure because of the changes that Apple's brought into uh, the uh, sort of privacy and, and the ability for advertisers to track people and their preferences. And the other one, of course, today as well is Magellan, which has seen once again another big drop in funds under management. And money seems to be leaving that one at a rapid rate or not. Over uh, a year ago, or just over a year ago, it was up around $100 billion under management. Now it's down to 50. So that is a long, long way to fall. And that does have some serious implications for the fund, which uh, unfortunately stock price down again today. So not good news for Magellan shareholders. Henry Jennings there from Marcus Today. Now, let's go to the Australian economy because Australia's trade surplus has narrowed slightly in August to $8.3 billion as imports outpaced exports. In fact, imports from China have reached record levels. So what does all of that say about our economy? For more, I spoke earlier with Craig James. He is the Chief Economist at Comsec. Craig, Australia's trade surplus is shrinking. Why? And what does that say about both global and domestic demand? Well, our exports are still rising. We're still selling yesterday iron ore, coal, natural gas to other parts of the world. So certainly we've got some good customers in, in China and Japan. But our imports are rising. Uh, partly that's due to the strength of our economy. I think also it's due to the fact that people have jobs and they don't want to travel at the moment. So they're buying goods rather than you're sort of travelling overseas. I think there's also a cost element in there that we're getting uh, oil and um, oil-type products for, from overseas. That's costing us a few more dollars because of the higher cost of oil. Can you put some of those numbers into context? So if we're exporting about 2.6% more but importing 4.5% more, uh, are we is, is import demand ex, um, outstripping that of export demand or are they both as equally important? We, we have seen a very strong pickup in imports, particularly over the, the last year or so. Um, we can put that down to, to the fact that we uh, are seeing strength in the consumer imports, and that's because you know, so people have got jobs and you know, some money to, to spend. I think it's also the fact that uh, what we are seeing is um, uh, a higher cost of uh, oil and importing you know, so the oil from uh, uh, other parts of the globe, and that's adding to the effect as well. Can we um, talk about some of our most important trading partners? China, as an exporter to Australia, how important are they? And, and what, what are we importing from China? Because imports are at a record high, aren't they? Well, in the month of August, Australia imported $10.6 billion of goods for, from China. That's a record for, for China. It's a record for any country around the world that we've imported that much in a single month. And basically, we're buying everything for, from China. It may be telecom-type goods, uh, high-tech-type goods. It's even uh, cars, where the Tesla cars are coming in uh, from, from China. It's furniture, it's, it's toys, you, it's, you name it. Our exports are basically are somewhat you know, sort of more confined to things like raw materials, our commodities, things like iron ore and coal and, and gas and the like, and also beef. 
uh, but we're buying in a whole range of different sorts of goods from China. And finally, we're exporting a record amount to Japan. What, what kinds of things? Well, again, it's very, very similar to, to China. It's, if you look down through the list, it's, it's coal, it's natural gas, it's, uh, it's iron ore, and it's also things like you know, sort of beef. But it's somewhat of a, a renaissance, I suppose, for, for Japan. They were a number one trading partner for quite a period of time and making some, some sort of com, com, uh, comeback. If you look over the last 12 months, what we've seen is uh, the rolling annual total of exports doubling to, to Japan, and that's been just an amazing thing to see in such a very short space of time. That's Craig James there, the Chief Economist at Comsec. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music